Good day, welcome to Sports Stars. I'm Darren Kelly and it's time for the Fair Green, our weekly feature with a past or present player. Looking at their career so far, their hopes for the future and then to get to make or break lifelong friendships when they named their Fantastic Four. Well, today's guest won't be setting on a Fantastic Four. It's a Super 8 for her, the most decorated player in the history of Gaelic games in this country and a good friend of ours here in Sports Stars was with us with the Star 2 with the Curtain Raiser. She's won 18 All-Ireland medals and that's only the tip of the surface. There's so much more to go through so I'm going to stop right there and introduce her. Rena Buckley from Cork and Rena, welcome to the Fair Green. Thanks very much, Darren. Delighted to be with you. Pleasure is absolutely ours and great to catch up again as well, Rena, because it's been a while since we've been chatting. And first things first, I'd like to say congratulations on your own personal life as well. New arrival in the family. You got married since last we spoke in sports stats as well. Busy times, even, even though you're not playing anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. Busy, busy times. Yeah. So um, myself and Paddy got married last year and then this year. So sorry, last year we had a, a lovely, quite intimate COVID wedding. Um, and this year we had a lovely arrival. Ellen Equalon came along. Um, at the beginning of March. So a bit of a change for me um, in terms of sport, for sure. Um, but it's lovely. It's it's really, really nice. And it's brilliant as well, which called the family to come together at a wedding like that. And also, as I joked there, you're as busy as always, and no doubt about that. But it gives you a chance to reflect as well. I don't know if you're still playing club or not at the moment. I know you certainly were up until very, very recently. But um, does it allow you time every now and again to sit back and kind of look, Jeannie, I, I've had a good run of it for the last 20 years. Uh, yeah, so it's funny. I, yeah, I suppose um, last year was the first year I, I didn't play any championship games, um, obviously because I was expecting and, you know, you're, you're able to stand back and look at games. And, um, you know, I suppose I did really reflect on how privileged I was and just how much I did really enjoy playing because I, I certainly missed it when I wasn't playing. Um, I'm kind of trying to dip my toe in this this year again. I'm trying to ease myself back in slowly but surely. Um so yeah, I certainly would like to stay involved because I think it's um I think it's one of the most enjoyable things that there are going in this world for us in, in playing sport. You know, Camogie and ladies football are the sports that I play, so that's what I kind of like to play if I can for as long as I can. But it certainly has helped me reflect and just appreciate and just be so grateful for all the good times that we've had um playing sport. It's it's been you know it's always been my dream to to play and to play with Cork and you know to be able to to do that it really was the you know I was able to live my dream and it didn't disappoint and it was it was absolutely fantastic and recently TG Kerr um, did a rerun of of the Lake Regale they produced and you know I was able to sit back and look at it maybe a little bit older a little bit more detached from from playing myself um, and you know I, I remember looking at it saying God I was really lucky. I had some, you know, I was part of some fantastic teams. Um, I had I had great support and by God, we had great fun as well. So, um, yeah, I, I do. I really, really appreciate it. No, I'm glad you mentioned that as well, because I was just joking with Rena off air before we started recording. That we were recording here in May 2022 and uh, my own little one was playing up the previous night and I had actually recorded to watch it again at some stage. So I set back as well to watch it. And Rena, I followed your career closely, you know, um, from covering Camogie and Ladies Football in Galway too and nationally now as well. And again, it's just when you get a chance to sit back and take in, like we're not going to get time to even go through a quarter of all the great stuff stories that Cork enjoyed uh, over over that period as well. But I, I don't think at times we forget how to appreciate exactly what these Cork teams did bring to the sport growing as well, because you did set a bar, bring it up to the next level from the Mayos to Waterfords to Kerry's that came before you as well, to what we're enjoying at the moment with the Dublins and Meads in particular. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I suppose if you, if you look back on, when I look back on myself, um, when I was a child growing up in Cork, I suppose I, I, I was certainly very aware of the, the Cork Camogie team and they were a team I would have supported and followed. I, I was very unaware of the Cork Ladies football team and they weren't, I, I have to be honest, they weren't a team that I I knew or supported or followed. Um, so, and the reason for that was they, they they weren't going well at the time. You know, media coverage was was poor. Um, so I, I just wasn't exposed to them at all. So to go from from that very very low base where Cork were, you know, to to um, a period where we won, I think we won eleven out of twelve All Irelands, um, you know, that was a, a huge change. So that step up was was absolutely phenomenal, and then to stay at a at a very high level for for such a long time, you know, credit must go to to everyone who was involved in, in Cork Ladies football, 
Um, you know, the, the step up that was made was, you know, it was a bit like what, what Meath have done actually at the moment. Um, and I suppose quite like what Meath are doing at the moment. Um, and then t- to to keep that going for a number of years, you know, it was very special to be part of that group. And, you know, it's it's something I can look back on with pride. It's a good comparison as well, Rena. We'll start off with the football segment of the show. We'll talk Mogi in a bit because... You're right, I would have been aware of two things were not well in Cork. And I know you were coming into the scene. I do want to talk about Dunhamore in a bit, but you were also on the field of play. That's infamous game on the Mead side of things now in Simple Stadium back in 2015. I was there myself that day and like, there's no way we would have imagined that this was a team that was going to turn the corner in half a decade. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, the Mead story is, is, is unbelievable where they've come from um, and to get to the top, the very top, you know, and to beat the very best teams it's it's phenomenal, and um, I suppose when I was looking at me win the intermediate All Ireland in twenty twenty, I think they won the Division Two League then in twenty twenty one, and and the way they progressed so rapidly, um, I think actually a little bit more rapidly than than our Cork football team did, um, I think they 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 condensed it a little bit more. Um, it's it's just phenomenal to see, and it really reminds me of of the Cork Ladies football story because, like us, Meath were coming from a very low ebb. Cork came from a very low ebb, and and to get to to the very top was, you know, a lot of things have to come together. But I suppose key ingredients would be um, that you've you've really enthusiastic players that are willing to work really hard, and then that you have a very solid management team to 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 back them up and to facilitate them, um, and. You know, that's what happened with us and obviously that similar similar things must be going on in Meath as well. Let's go there with the football in particular. Um, you mentioned Camogie and always been, and probably the dream was to play Camogie for Cork. When did football start coming up in a par with that or, you know, dare I say, becoming number one? I'm not too sure exactly which was the main grow growing up. Yeah, so growing up, so I suppose I come from a, a place called Berings. So Berings is part of Inniscara Parish. So Inniscara is a, is a hurling area. Um, so I went to school in Berings National School. So we would have played football in Camogie in school or football and hurling in school. Um, so so Berings National School would have always had a, a boys football team, a boys hurling team and a girls Camogie team. And it wouldn't have been unusual for girls to play on the boys football team or the hurling team, to be honest. Um, and then when I came along, so I would have been playing football and, and hurling in Camogie in, in school. And then when I came into fourth class in primary school, they started um, a ladies football team. So it was the first time Barry's National School ever had a ladies football team. Um, so that was fine. So we entered the local schools competition, which is called the Skeena Skull Competition in Cork. So it's it's actually a huge competition and it's taken very seriously. And it's you know it's a huge launch pad for most, um, most Cork players and most GA players in Cork or Gaelic Games players in Cork. So we got to the final of of the the Skeena Skull Competition Ladies Football the first year we entered. So the finals, well, back back when I was playing, they were held in Parky Cueve. So it was a huge event that you would be playing in Parky Cueve and the school would go in and support you. Now, subsequently, I think they're on in Parky Ring at the moment. I'm not sure if they're back in Parky Cueve or not. That's irrelevant. But so we got the Parky Cueve. So, you know, the school goes in and supports, your family go in and supports. And we played Fermont, which is one of the Dunamore schools in the final. So where I live at home, I'm... Or, or we're on the borders kind of between Inniscarra and Dunamore. Now, we do live in the Inniscarra parish. So we played Fermont in the final of the Skeena Skull competition. We beat Fermont, and a couple of weeks later, um, a guy who was at that game from the Dunamore Ladies Football Club came knocking on the door, and he said, come here to me, are you playing football with anybody? And I said, no, I'm not. I was just playing in school. And he said, would you ever like to join Dunamore Ladies Football? So I did, and that's how I started off playing football. Um, just because we didn't have a ladies football team in the parish, we'd no connections to Dunamore in terms of relations and so on like that. Um, so I joined Dunamore Ladies Football and I, I would have stuck with them. And I'm still, play- well, I haven't played with them this year yet. I'm not sure what the story will be this year. Um, so that's how I got involved in, in football. Um, so probably I would have always been more interested in Camogie as a, a young, young person. Um, and Camogie was more traditional and hurling is more traditional in, in Berings where I'm from. So that's kind of the the background of, of my football and camogie. Well, even with the football too, it, it, it went off a mile a minute because you're talking about fourth class there, so you're around 10 or so, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Three, year, three years later, you're playing in an All-Ireland Senior Club football final. 
Yeah, so yeah. Or three or four years. <laughs> yeah, it was a big acceleration, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, so I, I would have always played both football and camogie. So my background would have been as well in athletics. So I would have done an awful lot of athletics as a child. So around that age of 10, 11, 12, um, I suppose I, I would have been a little bit of a standout player because of my ability to cover ground on the field more than anything. Um, so I used to do an awful lot of long or kind of middle distance running. Um, so you used to be up and down the field like... A, you wanted like a to be Sonia O'Sullivan, was, that, was that right? What's, say that again, sorry. You wanted to be Sonia O'Sullivan, was that right? Was that yeah, Sonia yeah. O'Sullivan would have been a huge inspiration to me. And, you know, I remember the first time I met her, I was absolutely speechless. She was that much, obviously, of a of a hero to me. Um, and this is obviously in recent years that I, I, have, I met her and she was still just, you know, I was still speechless, you know. she's I just think she's an amazing, an amazing athlete altogether, an amazing person. Yeah, so I suppose I, I would have joined ladies football like in Dunamore and I was tipping away within his car doing a bit of running and as well. So at around the age of about 14, I would have kind of um, probably dropped the running a little bit um, and focused more on, on camogie and ladies football. Um, but I suppose at the time, I suppose ladies football or camogie, I suppose, I suppose the, the numbers playing weren't as big. Um, and particularly in, in country clubs, you wouldn't have had big numbers. And um, so I was making my way steadily up through the, I suppose just through under 12 and under 14. I, you know, I played with the Cork primary game and played on the Cork under 14 team. And um, the the senior team, you know, are always looking to to bring on the, the younger players that show any bit of potential as, as quickly as they can. And just that year in Dunamore in particular, we had... Um, you know, a number of people go to America on J1s and some key players as well. So Juliet Murphy would have been one of those players going to America for the summer. So they were looking to kind of um, strengthen the senior team. So um, I was drafted in and I thought I was going kind of as a sub to fill, fill up the bench kind of thing. Um, but that wasn't the case. I was, I was put straight in. Um, I remember the first game I, I played a challenge match and the following week we played a county semi-final. And I remember I played centre back for the final the following week. I think I was on the wing. I think I was wing back. Um, and I th- again, we won the county final. And I thought, you know, there's people coming home from America. I'm just going to be filling a bench, you know, on, on match day. But I held my place and I, I kept kept tipping away at wing back. And we had an unbelievable year. We got, um, we beat Ballet McCabry in the, in the Munster final, which was a massive event because Dunamore had failed, I think, the four years previously to beat Bally McCabry and they got good beat, beatings from them and, and they were still pop as well yeah and they were you know they were a top team in the country at the time and we went on we played a semi-final against um, Father Murphy's in London um, so I, I, this was back in 2001 so I was 14 at the time I I had never been abroad I had to get um, a use it card to <laughs> <laughs> to, to leave the country it was my first time on a plane um, this was all to play a match, so you could imagine the the excitement that it brought. And then we went down. We played um, we played Ballyboden in the final. Um, we didn't know what to expect, and I remember, you know, this was two thousand and one. Um, more our colours are black and white, and you know, nobody had a flag. You know, at the time there was no kind of there was no kind of flags or bunting kind of for club teams. That was a county kind of a thing. And I, my major memory of the final was I remember warming up and looking into the crowd and Bally Bowden, obviously being a Dublin club, were a little bit ahead of or us. And they had, I remember their crowd had, you know, we had equal probably numbers of supporters and so on. But I remember their crowd, they had jerseys, they had flags, they had, you know, hooters. They, they just seemed to be better equipped for the final than we were. And I was saying, oh, my God, I hope we don't get hammered on the pitch, to be honest. Um, but the ball was thrown in. It was uh, obviously just a normal match and we came out the right side of it and it was just a phenomenal year and a phenomenal experience for me as a young person um, to, to to experience such success. And with your club as well and like as you just mentioned so young too and this is like an All-Ireland senior title and it was the first of many as, as we know but just your memories of coming home especially coming home to the club uh, that evening or the following day like you know I mean sure the celebrations for the achievement for the club in itself were massive Oh it was massive yeah and I suppose like it was my first exposure to kind of the pub scene and the the crack after a game from an adult point of view and sing songs and you know all that kind of missing and just the enjoyment that went with it 
So like I, I would have thought, like obviously I was very young and shy at the time, but you know, almost looking in from the outside because I was, you know, it was difficult to take part when you're when you're so young. It was something that, geez, I really, really enjoyed, and I really enjoyed, you know, being, you know, being on the team and, you know, the, I suppose the people. It's always the people that make these things, and the people were so lovely. They were so inclusive. And, you know, they brought me on as a person in terms of the training and the matches. And, you know, I, I was able to learn from them in terms of, you know, working hard, teamwork, tactics. It was my first exposure to proper tactics within a team. And, um, you know, how to conduct yourself in a professional, you know, obviously it wasn't professional, but in a in a serious setup. And, um, you know, how to manage your, even your mental preparation for, for big games. And then there is the other side of it, developing as a person, you know, socialising. Um, you know, speaking to even a couple of media reporters and that kind of thing. So it was just, a, I found it a hugely positive experience. It brought me on as a, an athlete. It brought me on as a footballer. It brought me on as a person. And it was just thoroughly enjoyable. So it was it was a brilliant um, start to kind of um, adult sport, really. It's a good way of looking at it too. And you take it in your stride, but enjoying the experience too. With so many people let it fly by before they actually realise um, what they've been involved with. You mentioned Juliet Murphy, which you've been very familiar with her at the time, or her name, or because you're about to go on a massive journey together to Juvie. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't have known much about Juliet beforehand. I, I suppose it would have been pointed out to me where she lived, <laughs> um, what house she came from kind of thing. Um and I would have known she was 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 a, a Cork footballer at the time. Um, and I remember just, I remember, so she was one of the people gone on a J1. So I remember really looking forward to to her coming back from, from the J1 um, and meeting her and training with her and playing with her. And yeah, so th- she was definitely someone that I was really looking forward to to spending time with. And sure, she was, she was brilliant when she came back and it was, it was great being part of the team and, Obviously, our relationship has has developed and blossomed since. Um, so yeah, we spent a lot of time together, and it was you know it's been a, it's been a great experience. And there was another All Ireland title to come against Nittlestown and Mead two years later. Bally Bowden did get a win in 04. But at this stage now, uh, the county have looked at you, and as you've already touched on as well, you're into this Cork setup in 2003, and it's not looking glamorous at the start, but things are gradually turning. Yeah, so um, that's right. We 2003 was my first year with with the Cork Ladies football team, um, and like um, you know the big, you know it's it's different now. You know the big call up wasn't quite as big. You know, um, I think in fact that I, I was asked to play in 2002, but I was playing Cork Junior at the time, and we we're, were having a good run with the Cork Juniors. Massey Barrett from Dunamore was over the Cork Juniors, so I just stuck with them. And the following year, then I progressed to the senior ranks. Um so we we won the Division Two League in 2003. So we were certainly going places, but you're right, it wasn't hugely glamorous at the time. Um, it was thoroughly enjoyable. I really liked it, but I suppose the it wasn't hugely glamorous. And um it was probably the following year when we were playing Division One that it became um much more kind of glamorous and more serious. Um, and that you kind of knew you were playing at a at a really high level then at that point. And even though playing at a high level, did you feel that you had players around? Obviously, every individual player wants to aspire to be the best and want to be part of a winning team. But there's a generation gap. There's a core group there. There's a group of young players, including yourself, coming into the setup as well. I know Eamon Ryan is due to come in and gel it all together too. But was that sense that you were going up the ladder in 2004, you lost to Mayo in a league final. But if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll get there or thereabouts. Well, I certainly wouldn't be able to predict the level of success that we had, but I remember, like, in two thousand and four, I I particularly remember. Um, so Galway won the All Ireland in two thousand and four, isn't that right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, they won the year before. So we played them in the league in Dunmore in two thousand and four. Yes, two thousand and four, and we either drew with them or beat them. And I, so it was the I think it was the first game of the league, and I remember being a bit worried, like, how are we going to get on in Division One? Um, and after that, I, re- I realized, you know what, this is a serious team that we're involved in. We're actually not bad. We, we you know, we, we can progress here, you know, but I suppose at that point, you know, Cork had never beaten Kerry to my recollection um, at senior level. Um, so getting out of Munster would have been, you know, an absolute dream. And, you know, getting one over Kerry would have been probably the height of, of our ambitions. 
um, because they gave us a couple of lessons in football in the in the league in 2004 and yeah in 2000 and, yeah in 2004 and again in early in the Munster Championship in 2004 and um, so why we realized we were kind of moving along steadily we could never have predicted you know how how well 2005 and so on would have gone and 2005 like we could do a whole podcast alone just talking about 2005 Rina. but I mean it all lined up as well and of course it's get to Crow Park you're up against the defending champions again in in Galway and I know you had the same, similar experience with the Camogie against uh, Tipperary a couple of weeks earlier too and you know it's, it's it's hard to go one path and not tie in the other as well but there was a lot going on as well but most importantly you were there and you were giving yourself an opportunity In the football final? Absolutely football, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I suppose so in 2004 we got to league final um, a division one league final which was you know beyond all our expectations but Mayo like we were probably as good as Mayo on the day, but Mayo just had way more experience than us and, you know, just got over the line, you know. Um, and then we would have played uh, Mayo in... two. Th- we, we won the Munster Championship in 2004 and we would have played Mayo in the in the semi-final. And that day, they just showed us, like, that they were on the road a while. They were just in better condition than we were and they knew how to win games. Um, so that it, was, it was disappointing, but I suppose we were a young and kind of a naive team. And then in 2005, we came along and we beat Mayo in the in the semi-final. And that was a huge victory for us. It gave us an awful lot of confidence. Um, so we almost felt like the pressure was off us going into the final. We, we didn't know what to expect from Galway, really. Um, we had a much better record against Galway in terms of league games. Um, Galway were the reigning champions going in, so all the talk was about Galway. They were expected to win. We were kind of going up to, to give it our best shot and... Um, we were nervous beforehand. There, there's no doubt about that. But there was no pressure on us, and um, and I suppose that's a, a great kind of um, mixture to low to low a team to kind of express themselves and perform. And on the day, I'm not sure how well Galway would have felt they performed, but um, you know we were able to leave the shackles off, and you know we 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 managed to get over the line on the day, and it was. It was absolutely unbelievable to be part of. So it was just a, a great day for Cork Ladies football. Um, and, you know, success came a lot quicker than people would have expected. So that kind of made it, you know, extra sweet, I suppose. Yeah, and the thing is, what I always liked about the Cork team, and especially the Cork football team, is your attitude too, because you've just been out to play, um, make the most of it and perform on the big day. But like, go, we were the All-Ireland champions, but they were probably still arguably the t- number one team in the country. They had relinquished their title the previous year, losing the semi-final to Galway too. So there were big steps to cross. You mentioned Kerry already, but like Mayo and Galway, there were two big steps to cross. And yes, happened quicker than probably some expected, but it's still, once it happened, there was no turning back. Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's amazing, you know, um, the the kind of the the mental battles that go on in sport, and once we got the upper hand on, on Mayo in two thousand and five, you know, I suppose they found it hard to get, even though they had an excellent team for for a number of years after that. You know, they found it hard to to kind of arm wrestle their way back. You know, um, so those couple of key victories we got around two thousand and four, two thousand and five, you know, set us up kind of going forward to kind of um, be the team to beat. Um, and then I suppose it's credit to the management and, and to the group of players that we had that we kind of kept beavering away, kept working away and managed to, to stay on top for, for a number of years. Yeah, five in a row comes. There was days you had to work hard to get over the line. There was days it all fell into place as well. And you, you built up this reputation that everybody who follows ladies football remembers where they were when they watched the game in Banner in 2010. And, you know, I hate bringing it up, but obviously we had to come to that because it was a defining moment for this Cork team as well. Like, as a player in the fields, you know, I know you're focused and you're professional and you're not taking anything for granted, but it still was a massive shock to the system when all of a sudden it wasn't happening. Yeah, absolutely. And full credit to, to Tyrone on the day. You know, they were well worth their win. I suppose from from a player's point of view, um, after we won the five in a row in 2009, um, and, you know, it was a huge, huge achievement. Um, we'd beaten five different teams in the on the way. Um, you know, five in a row had never been done in, in the male side of things. No, it has been done in the feet. Kerry have done nine in a row, I think. Um, but it was just huge. And I suppose the winter after that, uh, you know, there was a lot of socials to attend. There was a bit of media coverage and... Definitely, I would say that as as a group of players, um, 
you know, the the sharpness wasn't there in 2010 in terms of coming back training. Um, people were a little bit flatter. You know, there wasn't the same kind of enthusiasm for work, I would think, in the 2010 season. So I think our own standards might have dropped a little bit. Um, and, you know, obviously other teams are, are working very, very hard. And, you know, everyone wants to win the All-Ireland. And if you're not if you're not 100% willing to, to put in that work, you know, someone else is and they're going to go ahead and, and, and do the business. And I think a little bit of that happened in, in 2010. I don't think we probably were as focused as, as we were for previous years. Obviously, other teams were and, you know, they got ahead of us and, you know, we didn't deserve to win in, in 2010. No, we still had a lot of potential in the team and we would have come together at the end of 2010 and had had meetings Um and, you know, I think we made a decision as a group that we didn't want um, the same kind of season again going forward. Um, and from that point on, we probably would have put um, put in a huge effort and there was huge concentration and 2010 would have been referenced if there was ever any kind of deviation from from the, the 100% commitment. Um, and it was a good good kind of stick to beat us with um, going forward. And, you know, it, it proved, to be, proved to be probably... Um, a, a good motivational factor for for the for the following couple of years. Oh yeah, certainly. Like for me, 2011 is the landmark win of this team because it's, I always say it's how you bounce back from a setback, whether it's a goal in a match, whether it's a bad result on the day. But it's just as you touched there in 2010. Was it something that you were kind of realising at the time that maybe everything wasn't 100 percent right, or was it just reflection afterwards? You kind of went, yeah, look, we could have done much more there. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of a sticky question because you know I, I I don't want to take from you know the other teams that did well in 2010. Mm. Um, but like from our own point of view, I, I was captain actually in 2010. And I remember having, uh, picking up the phone to Eamon on a, a numerous occasions saying, what about this? What about that? Because things weren't right. You know, I was captain in 2012 as well. And, you know, I never picked up the phone to Eamon Harley only, you know, and, you know, there was no, there was no need. But in 2010, certainly I was worried. Eamon was worried. Lots of other players were worried. It just wasn't happening for us. Um and my own personal belief is that there was a bit of a deflation after, or a bit of a release almost after doing a five in a row. And look, that's natural. That's human nature. Um, but like fair play to every other team, they did step up and they filled the void that Cork had left. And, you know, there was an All-Ireland there to be won. Maybe Cork weren't 100% committed that year. Um, another team came along and did the business and that sport. It was Dublin's day in that particular occasion, but Cork did bounce back. He won 2011. Uh, I won't go through all six now, but we have to talk quickly about three of them. Of course, 2012, you touched on as well, after winning All-Ireland, the next dream as the captain. And when you're the captain in 2010, and I, I do remember that, I remember the, the coin toss well, you must think that's up. You're kind of going to yourself, oh, it was my year. Thankfully well, for you, you got your chance again two years later. Yeah, I suppose. Look, at the time, I suppose the at the time um, so the way the captain is picked in Cork is that the the, the county champions propose um, a captain um, so I suppose from 2009 on Dunamore were kind of on the slide a little bit introvers were, were taking over from us a little bit so I suppose it did cross my mind that my chance had kind of evaporated um, because I wasn't sure if Dunamore would ever win an All-Ireland again or sorry win a, a county championship again now we actually went ahead and we won we won a county championship against Introvers in Parky Ring in 2011. So that gave me the opportunity to captain the the football team again in 2012. So that that was something maybe that was a little bit unexpected. So um, it's something I'm very grateful for. But I suppose for 2010, look, it was a huge honour to captain Cork. It was just disappointing the year that that it fell. I suppose look, lots of lots of players have played for longer than I played and never got a chance to play in Crow Park. So. I, I won't be too down, down about it or anything like that. But look, I would have been a little bit disappointed at the time. But um, look, you move on every year is a new year and you have to, to get going again. And look, it was written in the stairs. You got your chance as well and a proud moment for yourself and uh, for your family. Like I was even smiling too when your sister was chatting and she was crying to see you make the speech up in Crow Park as well. Like a massive moment for your family, let alone the team and all that. But as that's an All Ireland win, and of course they're coming to invest. Twenty fourteen, we can't do this show without talking about twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen, yeah. Um, so obviously, look, Dublin, Dublin have been. I suppose we played Dublin in the two thousand and nine All Ireland final, and you know they were an excellent team in two thousand and nine. They were an excellent team again in twenty fourteen, and they're still an excellent team, and there are still some players 
um, that are that are still playing, giving great service to Dublin. 2014, like if you argue that Dublin were a better team on the day, I, I don't know, you know, you'd have you'd have a strong argument. They started off 100 miles an hour. There was a gap at half time. After half time, the first 10 minutes they dominated the the the, the game again. And it was just in the last 20 minutes that, that Cork really took off. Um, and I think we had all the momentum for the last 20 minutes. And we also had subs that the whole team were really confident in and particularly scoring subs. And we all know that, you know, if someone comes on who's, who you've confidence as is going to get a score to, um, it gives everyone a lift. So, you know, we had Emer Skelly and Ronan Ivukla come on for us and the two of them did the business. They got a goal each in those last 20 minutes, everyone put their shoulders to the wheel. And I think we'd all the momentum. My memory is that just Dublin could not win a kick out. They just could not get possession of the ball. And because of that, we just kept pressing, kept pressing, kept pressing. Um, and between the two goals and and all the, the pressure, we eventually managed to, to get our noses in front. And, you know, it was just unpredictable after 40 minutes in the game. Even myself, I remember thinking at halftime, if we could just get respectability in this game, we'd be doing well. I, I, I wouldn't have been playing to win the game at all. I would have been playing to, to you know, to get a respectable scoreline at the end of the game. Dublin were that much ahead of us in the first half, you know. Um, but we kept plugging away, kept plugging away. And I'm not sure how it happened, but we managed to get a win on the day. And it was it was a phenomenal game to be part of. Um, and I suppose the only story I tell about that game, obviously, look, when the full-time whistle went, there was... There was a huge relief and elation, but the whole thing was such a whirlwind. But we used to have a little tradition, and um, that after the after the game, you know, you go, you get, you change and go go to the players' lounge, and there'd be a little bit of um, food and so on there, and you get to meet your your families and all the other families. And then we used to go to Quinns, um, which is sadly closed now. But we used to go to Quinns for just a couple of drinks, and then before we were pulled out of the place onto the bus to go wherever we were going. But I remember we went into Quinns and they were they replayed the la- they replayed the match in Quinns and we would have grabbed a lot of the second half of it and just the elation watching the game the second time in Quinns was it's a memory I'll take with me forever it was unbelievable um you know we nearly got the chance to to really look back at you know what you guys saw I suppose the first time and just it was. I'll just never forget the the atmosphere inside in Queens and the buzz and the roaring and the celebrating. It was fantastic. And Joe, especially when it was only so recent as well, like a couple of hours or so. And it's a good point too, because we talk and even there, like with no panic with you, like as you just even said there, you, you weren't playing to win the match. You were kind of playing to get back into it and respectability, but then it all happens and it all happens so fast that, to be able, the emotion still high to be able to go back and actually relive it on our side of things. What's it like when you watch a match like that, or even any match that you play in too? Because can you suspend the disbelief that you're actually on the field of play and what you're looking at on the TV? Yeah, I suppose like at that time, that was 2014. There wasn't a whole pile of video analysis going on. A little bit like I suppose towards the end of my career, you you there was a lot more going on, so you were much more um, accustomed to to looking back on games and looking back at yourself and, and analyzing yourself. Um, but at that time, looking back, you know, you didn't do a whole pile of it. Um, so I suppose looking back in that game, just to kind of to take it in, um, to take in how dominant Dublin were, first of all, and then how dominant Cork were. It was, um, that was a very unusual game. And, you know, I, I, I'd like to have seen the Paddy Power um, <laughs> odds throughout the game. Um, and the only other, the only other point I would say is that, um, there's a guy, he does the local commentary here on um, on the local radio station. Polly Palmer is his name. Um, and he commentated on that match on, on C103, or County Sound as it was at the time. And I think at the end of the game, the man broke into tears. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of um, a reflection on just how amazing a game it was. You know, we had grown men crying, literally. Um, so it was just, it was phenomenal. Like it was, it was just an amazing game. One for the history books, for sure. And- and even as you say that as well, because like we remarked about all the young boys as well as men behind me last year too. Sure, they were doing it for ye. And again, it's very easy to forget when a couple of years passed. Like they were all with Balrons wearing hats, the white shirts, the red ties, and the same emotions there too. 2015, I, and I was at that 2015 final and right 
battle with Dublin until the final whistle to go over the line. They were obviously coming. Did you know in 2016 you were considering wrapping it up or was that a decision that was made afterwards? Um, I know that was a decision that was made afterwards for sure, I suppose. Um, at that time, so I was running my own business and I was doing a master's in, uh, I was doing a master's in UCD as well. Um, and I was playing football and camogie with Cork. So it, like 2016 was a mad year. It was very, very busy. Um, and just at the end, I suppose, the 2016 camogie final, I was, I was disappointed with my own personal performance. I was flat on the day. Um, and I suppose after that, I kind of made the decision, look, it's very hard to keep the two going um, with all the things that are going on work-wise and study-wise and so on. And even personally as well, you know, in terms of time. So um, I suppose when you're younger, you, your recovery is, is that bit faster. But, you know, we all know as you get older, the recovery is that bit slower. And I kind of came to the decision after having, a, you know, a kind of a quite final in 2016 in the Camogie that, you know, it was time to, to make a call on one of them. Um, and what happened there was that our club Camogie team in Ascara, we would have won the um, county championship in 2016. Um, so I was nominated to be captain of the Cork Camogie team in 2017. So I opted with Camogie in 2017 and I didn't return to the football panel after that. No, it was a great way to go out with the football to the success that she had, you know, and I could spend time asking you, do you have a what ifs if you split in 17 and all that? But um, it brings me nicely to Camogie and I, I, I do apologise. I'll probably be racing through the Camogie a little bit here now, but uh, it's important because there was such a journey and it was, I suppose, really the first way of saying it as well, there was great success in the Camogie. It was uh, lots of ups and downs on the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like like I said at the start, you know, joining the Cork Camogie team was probably was what I would have dreamed of. And, you know, when I got a call up to that team, it was it was taken extremely seriously. And, you know, I was nervous about going in. And, um, you know, it took me a while to to get onto the team and to establish myself on the team. So I think I would have joined the, the Cork Ladies football team. And the first year, you know, you just I just got a start in the league games. Whereas with Camogie, you know, you had to, you know, the first game, I got no time. The next game, I might have got 10 minutes. And, you know, you had to... to to gradually make your way into the team. Um, so, um, you know, it was it was a more difficult team to probably get onto as well at the time and they were more established. Um, so um, th- that was that was my experience. It's obviously different now for a young player coming in, um, but that was my experience at the time. And yeah, so, the, geez, Darren, I've, I've been talking. What the question was? Oh, I was just saying, I was racing through, but just talking about like, you know, you had such a successful run uh, with with Camogie, but there were so many ups and downs on the way. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, I suppose when I reflect back on the on the Camogie team, kind of a little bit like the footballers as well. You know, when I came in first, there was, you know, Tipper, the the team to beat. Um, After that, it became kind of Wexford were the team to beat. Um, And after that, it became Galway were the team to beat. Um, sorry, Kilkenny were the team to beat, and Galway, you know, were, were Galway were actually probably the most consistent team during my career. They were always a very, very good team. When down in Galway, we used to say Cork were the team to beat. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it went from Tip to to Wexford to Kilkenny, and Galway were kind of a constant throughout the whole thing. Um, so, um, I suppose there was good days and there was bad days. You know, Wexford had some very good wins over us. Kilkenny had some very good wins over us. And um, probably when I came in, we had got the upper hand on tip. Um, and, you know, Galway have had their, their the upper hand on us as well, you know, over the years. So, yeah, it was, you know, it was a, a, a great period to be involved in Cork Mogi. And there was huge change during that period as well. And that change is continuing. Um, and, yeah, I suppose we had some some very, very good days, but we probably didn't have the consistency that the Cork Ladies football team had over my period, but my my period of playing with them. But at the same time, geez, you, you wouldn't say no to it. Um, no. I think it was seven All-Irelands over 14 years, maybe. Um, and you, you, would, you would have snapped that off at the start, like, you know. Absolutely, yeah, I would have been absolutely thrilled. At the start, all I wanted to do was get on the team. Um, and then to, you know, when I got on the team, you know, it was to... to to win games after that, you know, and it was, you know, we, we managed to win our fair share of them. So, you know, you can't but be content looking back. And the thing as well with Cork Camogie was you're able to bounce back. Like you're coming in, was 2004 your first Crow Park experience? So definitely seen your final anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I would have been in, uh, I think, so the final that we played it would have been in September. So I would have just gone back to school. I was still doing my leaving search. 
Um, so I remember thinking, so we lost that final in um, 2004. And, you know, I was marking Joanne Ryan, who was captain of the, the, the Tipperary team. And I did okay on her, but she got the kind of decisive goal. So that was a bit disappointing, all right. But aside from that, aside from the goal, things went okay. Um, and I remember having a conversation with my sister after the game. And um, she, so my sister is my twin sister. So we were both sitting the leaving cert at the time. So we kind of came to the conclusion that, look, for myself personally, maybe it was better off that we lost the game because otherwise I'd have had a lot of socials to go to and so on. And it would have really affected my leaving cert. So look, knuckle down and hopefully we'll win the following year. <laughs> Another example <laughs> of perfect timing know. from Rena Buckley. <laughs> <laughs> what a naive conversation to have, God Almighty, but your look was great. I was going to ask you too, and just a quick one as well, because I haven't even mentioned your parents yet or influences starting off playing. But I mean, you just mentioned your leaving cert year. And we know what 2005 brought along. And granted, that was all in the summer, but you had to prepare for it beforehand. And there was league commitments too as well. How did you manage to, to keep it all going? And what did your parents think of this? Yeah, so in fairness, my parents never kind of felt that I, I was doing too much from that point of view. They were always very willing and supportive. Um, I will say from a personal point of view that um, anytime that I wasn't playing um, or training, that that I was kind of studying, to be honest. I, um, and that was what was expected at home. Um, and because I was getting such enjoyment from playing, I was very content doing that. So look, there wouldn't have been many outings to pubs or anything like that. But I'd have to say as a 17 or 18 year old, you know, in school, um, doing my my bit of study and tipping away doing doing my sport. I was a very content teenager. So I, there wasn't any kind of um, major hoo-ha about it at home. I was, you know, it was, you know, work away and things were going well and there was no issue. No issues at all. It all worked out both educationally and, of course, on, on the pitch as well. Did you get a chance to appreciate 2005's All-Ireland win? Because, as we touched on earlier on, you had that football game coming up a few weeks later. I The the Camogie win, I wouldn't. I, I, I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as I should have. Um, just give you a background at the time. I'm all stories now today, but to give you a background. So 2005... So I remember I had my dibs on the Wednesday night. Then um, on the Thursday morning, I was starting in CIT. So the course I had been given was um, chemical engineering in CIT. So I remember I went into I went into that on the Thursday. Um, I remember CIT had put up a big post from the wall in the foyer, like best of luck to Rina and the Carcamoni team in the final. Um, on the Thursday afternoon, I remember getting a phone call saying I had got into physio and UCD um, on the stair and I think I had to accept by the Friday so we went and then on the Thursday night it would have gone to the last camogie session of the year so tra- before the game on the Sunday and then we had to go home from that training and decide if I was going to go up to Dublin and at the time it was there you know there wasn't much accommodation and you know we were saying when will I look for accommodation so we made the decision on the Thursday night that I, I think I went to college and CIT on the Friday maybe, but I rang them and I accepted the course in UCD, physiotherapy in UCD on the Friday. Um, We made a plan that we would go to house hunting in Dublin on the Monday after the All-Ireland because we were in Dublin anyway and we'd just play the All-Ireland on the Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was what was going on in my head at the time. Um, So between going to UCD and between the football final and the... um, Two weeks later, definitely after the 2005 Camogie final, no, I was, don't worry, I, I was able to kind of settle in and, you know, full, you know, relax on the Friday and Saturday and prepare for the game on the Sunday. That was absolutely fine. But afterwards, I certainly realised that, you know, there was a few things to be done um, to sort myself out. So definitely there wasn't a kind of a, the mad release maybe that there was after the football final or that other players would have experienced after their first All-Ireland. But I was very content with that. I, I, I kind of understood that I needed to get myself set up in college and that there was a football I'll learn coming up as well. And I, I wanted to do my best for that team as well. Even without those, I won't I won't use distractions because they're very, very important as well. But even without those, as you mentioned, you, you couldn't have let loose anyway because there was the other game coming up too. And you learned to deal with that on the field to play because there was a few a good few doubles over the years, like 06, uh, 08, 09 again, which called was success with the Camogie too. And then there was that long gap when Wexford took over. 
You've mentioned various finals that were probably disappointment, like 2007 Wexford won, 2012. I say as a Cork person, you get tired of people talking about what great game it was. And 2016, we'll just get to in a moment. Is there one game in particular you look at, or even in football too, going back to 2010, is there one match in particular you look at kind of going, that should have been different? Uh, the one match I looked at that should have been different is probably 2007. I think the Cork team, you know, we had an excellent team at the time. We were going for three in a row. Um, personally, I'd have been disappointed with how I played on the day. And I'd say there was a couple of other Cork players disappointed. But Wexford were excellent. They took their chance um, and they got a win that day. But 2007 is definitely one that, that I would regret. Um, 2012, I was playing fullback that day. It was a long day at the office, but I think Wexford were well over us on the day. Um, you know, the full-back line had a, had a tough day, but I mean, I think we are beaten probably by a better You're probably way. up against the modern game's greatest full forward in our pump, like. Yeah, yeah. I was marking Ursula for bits of that game and Katrina Parrock for bits of the game. Um, was there someone else I was marking for bits of the game? Maybe Una Lacey for bits of the game. You know, there were three excellent players, like, you know. Um, you know, I just think Wexford were a better team on the day, so... Ah, I got over that one. Okay, I was much more disappointed after 2007. You know, Cork had a, you know an excellent team at the time, and um, and that was a game that, you know, Wexford obviously won, but that one we felt kind of got away from us a little bit. Um, and then the other final we would have lost with the Camogie final in 2016. And um, again, personally, I think I was a bit flat on the day, but I think Kilkenny had a very good team. I think Kilkenny were probably due one as well. You know, they're an excellent team and they were probably due to win in All-Ireland. And, you know, that's what they did. And they, they took their chances. And look, that sport, you know, you can't you can't complain about those things. No, and I suppose the one thing we often said, and I think we had Breach Corker in the show, I think she admitted too, that it did rankle this. You never did a three in a row with Camogie. It could be taking a gem as well. I know one, one of them definitely said it. But as you mentioned earlier on, uh, you had to make decisions. Life was taking off. Work was getting busier. You're going into your own business as well. Uh, combining the two wasn't on. And if you'd won in 16, maybe you probably would have wrapped up the two of them together. Who knows? But 2017 turned out to be not a bad year in the field of play. Yeah. And actually, it was a year that it was my first, it was my only year I ever played one inter-county sport. And um, I, I actually really enjoyed it because I suppose I was, I was under pressure for a couple of years previous in terms of recovery and, you know, there was often a bit of drama with clashing of matches and so on. Um, and that year I, I really just was able to fully focus on the on the Camogie team um, and it was a year I really, really enjoyed. And the final, I suppose, look, Kilkenny would be sore about how the final ended, but like the, the it, you know, it was a titanic end and Jim O'Connor got a ferocious point at, you know, on about the 60 minute mark to draw the game and Julia White got a, a point, I think it was on mm. the 63rd minute, like it was a, an unbelievable score to to get, it, you know, it was a huge disappointing one for Kilkenny to give away um, to, to win the game and it was just such an unbelievable buzz and I suppose I did know going into that game that it would possibly have been my last game with Cork Um I was captain of the team, while I captained the football team, I was definitely more mature as a person by 2017 and I was able to carry that a little bit better. And um, it was an experience that I that I really, really enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed the year. And for it to finish the way it did, it was it was exceptional. And um, I suppose it was just a very satisfying way to, to finish up with Cork. Yeah, I think actually your composure as leader that year. I remember the semi-final in particular against Galway that transitioned down to the team as well. Because you dealt with any hard patches in games, as you mentioned, against Kenny in the final against Galway, the semi-final too. And... Again, you get to walk up the steps of the Hogan stand this time as a Camogie winning captain. The first to do it for Cork and both codes, Mary Guinea, I think is the only other player, but she did the football for Kerry. Um, well, like again, and I know I said this already when we're talking about football, what a way to sign out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, you know, it was the stuff of dreams, you know, absolute dreams. And, you know, I'm so, so grateful that I got the, I'm even, geez, I am emotional thinking about it. I'm so grateful that I got the chance to to experience that. And, um it was such a lovely experience for for myself, for for obviously my family and for our club as well. And it was, you know, it's something that I'll, I'll never forget and something I'm so grateful for. Regards, I won't ask you to pick your favourite of all the All-Irelands, but I know 14 obviously is a big moment in football, but with Camogie, could that be a 2017 because you could appreciate it more or was there another day Camogie victory that stood out even more? 2017 was definitely, you know, a very, very satisfying 
day and just there was probably a bit of pressure on me going into the game and that things went well for the team and maybe for myself that, you know, that was, that's anything you could just, that's everything you could wish for. Um, I suppose another another day that I really enjoyed um, was 2006. Um, it was my second time, or sorry, it was my third time playing in an all final for, for Cork. And I was just really well prepared going into the final. And I suppose I just played well on the day and it was one, one I really enjoyed as well. Um, so they'd be my two kind of All-Ireland highlights for, from the Cork Camogies. Uh, fantastic highlights as well and great to see them uh, as, a, as a viewer watching in as well and like even the tributes that were paid to you on your retirement and do you know what Rina, if you don't mind me saying I would agree with something Jackie Hurley wrote here like your integrity humility drive and commitment and I even watching you playing uh, I often think of Katie Taylor too you go out to enjoy what you do you focus on what you're doing no drills and all that just go on and get on with the job and enjoy the success if it comes your way and I just think that's testament of a great sports person not just because you won All-Ireland but what you give to your teams as well and I just want to pay my own personal tribute uh, to you as well because I really enjoyed watching your career before I got to had the honour of getting to know you over the last couple of years You're very good Darren thanks very much I appreciate that I really appreciate that just a couple before we wrap up this segment, because I know we've we've, we've well extended the, the agreed time as such, but of course I have to go back to Dunhamore. It was the year I was away from Ballinus, so but like it's another All Ireland success and one you probably don't think is going to come. It's an All Ireland junior victory, but it's still like you know it's a massive day as well against Mikhail uh, Rovers from Mayo. Again, because you're you're winding down your career. I know you're not finished, but you're winding down your career. And where does that rank? Because it's probably an unexpected victory based on how results have been going over the years. Absolutely, yeah. I suppose, look, Dunamore, when I started playing with Dunamore, they were an, excep- an exceptional team, you know. And my first year senior, as we, we chatted about, you know, we won a senior club All-Ireland. But unfortunately, Dunamore went to a bit of a low. There was there was two years we actually didn't feel the team. Um, so we were kind of getting back up and going again. Um, so that junior victory, um, it was a lovely combination of young and old players you know, players like myself who had a, a lot of experience. Um, and there was three in particular, Ashley Barrett, um, Katrina O'Connell and myself who had soldiered for Dunham- with Dunhamore for years. And then there was young girls who who had, you know, were, were young and carefree that came into the setup as well. And, oh, it was just such an enjoyable journey to be on. You know, we went from uh, winning a county to winning a Munster all the way to an All-Ireland final. And the final was went to extra time and, you know, it was very dramatic. It was played in... Ballinasloe, which is a super venue for a game. It's, you know, it's almost like the Crowder down on top of you. Huge sport came from Dunamore and and obviously as well from um, from the Mayo side. Um, I think the Crows were as into the game as any of the players and the game seemed to go on and on. And just to win that game, it was, it was a lovely experience, I suppose, just for the, the team itself and for especially the members of the club who had got, you know, who had, experienced such disappointment with, you know, the club kind not that it dismantled, but didn't feel the team for a couple of years, you know, to getting back up to a national, um, national stage and to, to perform on a national level. Um, it was just, um, it was just really satisfying and, and so joyful to be part of. I remember hearing about the game. It was the one year I was working away. Normally, I'd be in the Duggan Park for big occasions like that, and I could have been even talking to you on the on the day in another capacity as well. But it sounded like a thrilling, a thrilling contest when I was hearing about it on the day. Uh, I promised I wouldn't bring up 2011 in regards to Camogie, but is is this like when I look there and things we won't get to talk about, like success in the Ashburn Cup and the O'Connor Cup with City and all that? Is it the one missing ingredient that Inescara never managed to win an Ireland Senior Club Camogie title? Yeah, like it certainly is, and um, you know it is disappointing that um, that that um, that I never got the chance. But for God's sake, I can't complain. Um, like. I suppose 2011 was very disappointing. We played Climber in the in the final in Crow Park, and we just, um, I suppose, coming up to the final, we had two players that did their cruciates, um, and, and probably you know in, in any club setup, maybe you wouldn't have the the personnel to, um, to replace those, and probably we didn't play well on the day. Maybe could have maybe our preparation could have been a little bit better. I suppose we were a bit naive. I suppose be a better way of putting it. But Climber came and. By God, they knew what they were about, and they were they hit us 100 miles an hour, and they were phenomenal on the day. So yeah, it would have been lovely if we had performed. Um, you know, people say you know how devastating it is to lose a match by a point, but my own 
uh, reading of or my own thoughts on that is it's much, much worse to lose a, a game by 20 points than to lose by a point. To lose by a point is is sweet. Um, but that day we were definitely closer to 20 points than the one point. So look, It's a long hour, isn't it? It, it? Say that again, sorry. It's a long hour, isn't it? Oh, it's a long hour. Yeah, it's a long hour. And but sure, look, that's that's the way sport goes. You you know, you can't have it your own way all the time. But definitely to be in the mix is 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 always what you want. Um we we would have won a Munster final within us car in 2018. Um and St. Martin's from Wexford beat us that year as well. Um so we had a couple of bites at the cherry, um, never quite got over the line. But I mean, to have won Munster Championships within Ascara is 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 fantastic. Um, again, when I started with Inescara, we would have come from a, a low base. Um, when I, my first year playing with Inescara was the first year we ever won a senior championship game. Um, so to go from that to winning once the championships is not a bad bad place to be. So um, it's a pity we didn't get to, to win in All-Ireland, but um, say la Yeah, but even though the result didn't go in the day, you got to play for your club in Crow Park too, which was massive because I don't think you got to do that with Dunhamore, like, you know what I mean? So uh, even even the occasion building up to it, despite the injuries and and the performance on the day was still a massive leading up to that match for the club. Absolutely, yeah. And look, it was a huge honour for the club to to represent Cork in Crow Park in all in the final. Um, We would love for it to have gone better, but, you know, that's life. Rina, before I finish up, right, um, we could talk about the opportunities to come up afterwards. And as I said at the start, you'd be as busy as you ever were playing. Yes, priorities have changed now with family and work and all that, but you're still well involved in various different initiatives as an ambassador and giving back to the game. Um, as I say, there's so many I could go through, but I have to ask you about one, the experience of meeting Prince Harry, or Harry and Meghan, I'll say now officially. That's one I didn't actually know about until I started preparing for this interview. Yeah, that was a really lovely experience. Um, so there was four of us met, met them. Um, so there was myself representing Camogie, there was Lindsay Davy representing ladies football, Michael Murphy representing football and uh, Joe Kenny representing hurling. And there was also a, a, a wheelchair hurler and Camogie player met them as well. And so we just showed them a little bit of skills of the game. So Joe Kenny would have showed them um, a sideline cut. I would have just shown them pucking the ball, really. Um, and we had a lovely chat. Um, so the way it happened was Megan kind of chatted to myself and Lindsay and Harry kind of chatted to um, Michael Murphy and uh, Joe Kenning. Um, and, you know, we just had a lovely conversation like you would with any lovely person. She was just asking us about how, how often we trained and, you know, the competition structure and so on. And was really genuinely interested. I know it was a huge honour to, to meet them and I was delighted to represent Camogie on the day. It was great. And even to, to finish up, these opportunities for your life in general that have come from playing, like even in Lecker Gale, you talked about the opportunities to go around the world and, and see things as well. And then to be asked to represent your sport to meet uh, British royal, royalty and all that and people that others can only dream of of being close to too. Like it's, 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 it's wonderful too that you've been given these opportunities even though you're not playing in the county anymore. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean... Look, sport is a gift that keeps on giving. Um, I, you know, um, you know, I'm blessed to have have opportunities like that. But I mean, I suppose the the best thing about sport is, you know, the grounding it's given me, the the life lessons I've learned from it, and mostly, most of all, the enjoyment I've gotten from it. And like I, I was saying to you off air before we started, I'm trying to dip my toe into going back to doing a little bit of training, and I'm enjoying it as much as ever. To be honest about it, it's it's such a release in the week. Um, so look, sport is is fantastic and. I would encourage everybody to to participate in it for as long as they can. I think it's a perfect way to sign off. And I did say it to start so far as well, because I don't think the Rena Buckley story on the field of play is finished just yet. We might have to do this again in a couple of years' time. Rena, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. As I said earlier on, we could, there's so much more we could go through and maybe we get the chance to do it again. We're not doing much yet. We've a bit of business to wrap up before we finish up. And of course, as we said at the start, it's not a fantastic sports day. It's a super eight because Arena has played at the highest level in both Camogie and football. So we're going to do a separate fantastic four for Camogie and for football. So Arena, we'll, we'll do it the way we did the show. We start with the football. Um, so we're going to do a fantastic four. The two best players you played with and the two best you played against now can be club, county, college, any criteria you decide yourself. So Arena, when you were ready, football, the best footballer you've played with and why? Uh, so, yeah, the best footballer, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Breach Corkery. Um, I think she had all the skills of the game 
and her engine was unbelievable. Um, if you trained with this woman, you, you'd have an idea. If you marked her, you'd have a, an idea as well. But just to see her at training, I suppose, in particular, um, unbelievable. Um, I, I think she has been uh, probably... Look, you could. It's very difficult with all the with all the players I played with, especially Karthik. Um, but I, I'll go with Breach today. But even with Breach too, as well. And just a quick one on that: like you were on a journey together. Breach has achieved exactly the same as you achieved in both codes as well. Have you ever? And I know you would have spent time with each other. And of course, you were on her Lake Regale program as well, and she was on yours. Have you ever like shared conversations, kind of going what we did together? Like you know, just taking stock of what the two of you did together in both codes. A little bit, no. I mean, um, we, we'd be great friends and we'd meet up and, you know, we would talk about old times. we talk about matches like we talked about there that we could have won. we talk about matches we could have lost and and we would always reflect, you know, geez, we had a great time. We've been so lucky. And yeah, I think we have a similar outlook from that point of view. And we've been blessed to see you in action as well. Breach Cockery, the first pick on your Fantastic Four football. Second player you've played with and why? I'm going to go with Valerie Mulcahy because... Um, her level of skill was unbelievable and she always did it on the big day. She was indeed as well and she was the focal point too. Like we talked about big moments from other players earlier on but Valerie was day in, day out. She was the finisher for everything you were doing building up to the attack. Absolutely. She always had the best player marking her um, but she was very, very mentally strong. Her skill level was top notch um, and like I say, she she did the business on the day um, whether she was being marked by the opposition best player, whether she was double marked, she always did it. Breach Corkery and Valerie Mulcahy, the two players you played with in football. Now for the two footballers you played against, the best footballer you played against and why? Cora Santin, um, her power, her skill and her desire to win. Um, look, she was, a, she was a match winner. There's no, no two ways about it. I think she was the best player I've ever played against, to be honest. And even as you say that too as well, you would have played with her over a full career. But at the start too, when this was the Mayo team you were trying to aspire to or trying to get up a level too, what was it like watching her kind of going, this is this is where we have to get to? Um, so yeah, I, I think I marked her in 2004 when we played against them. And God, I learned an awful lot from that game, just in terms of you know her ability to read the game, um, her power on the ball, um, the intensity of their play, and her desire to win, just we learned so much, their physicality. Th- that was probably the greatest lesson I, I, I learned playing playing football. I remember, you know, trying to tackle her and just her physique and everything, just phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, she's definitely the, the toughest player I've played against. And she's definitely still bringing it, even if it's down in Australia at the moment, and, of course, home at club level. Breach Corkery, Valerie Mulcahy and Cora Staunton. Really, let's complete your football fantastic four. Second footballer you played against and why? I'm going to go with Lindsay Davey. Um, I think Lin- Lindsay has, like the longevity in Lindsay's career is unbelievable. I think she, you know, the Dublin team have always been been there and thereabouts when we were playing. You know, they were very, very tough to get over. And obviously since I finished up, they they went went on and, you know, they've, they've been hugely successful. And I think Lindsay has been one of the key players on that team. I think she makes the team tick. Her sidestep is phenomenal. Her athleticism is phenomenal. She's got two feet. Um, her reading of the game um, she, like she's a game winner for Dublin and a really successful Dublin team so Lindsay Davey is, is definitely my, my, my pick there and she says two things I'll add to it too she's a wonderful ambassador and attitude as well I love chatting to Lindsay after a Dublin match anytime I'm there absolutely yeah she's a great girl as well for sure the football fantastic four Breach Corkery, Valerie Mulcahy, Cora Staunton, and Lindsay Davey. Of course, Rena, your double job in here. We're going to move on to Camogie now. And it's the same format again. The best Camogie player you played with and why? So, in terms of the best Camogie player I played with, I'm going to go with Aoife Murray. Her skill level is probably the highest that I've ever played with. And the, the things she can do with a ball, her reflexes, you know, her, just her skill level. Is 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 phenomenal. Her shot stopping ability. If if you could see her, you know you don't get to see it truly in a game at times. If you could see her at training where we're all taking shots in her, you know, it's it's unbelievable. And again, she had a such a long career. And um, you know, I think she's 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 just uh, you know a star of Camogie. To be fair. 
She is both on and off the field as well. We've had her on the show before too. And I suppose the best compliment I could give you for Murray, you're blessed with great goalkeepers in Cork, whether it's like likes of Jared Cunningham, Don Lowe, Cusick, Anthony Nash, uh, in the men, uh, Amy Lee currently in the in um, Camogie. But Aoife Murray, I think, stands up there on top of them all. Oh, Aoife, is, it's, it's a thought that would have crossed my mind for years when I was playing that she's the best goalie in Cork, men or women. Phenomenal. Yeah. 100% agree with you in that one. Eva Murray, the first pick, the second Camogie player you played with and why? The second Camogie player I'm going to pick is Orla Cotter. Again, her skill level, fantastic. Um, it was from a consistency point of view, she's been she's been outstanding for Cork. Um, she's done the business when Cork needed her um, and her all-round skill level and commitment has been, has been phenomenal. So Orla Cotter is my, my second choice. That point in 2018, did you wish you were on the field? <laughs> I had no doubt she was going to do it to be honest she's you know if you again if you know these people when they're training the amount of time and effort that she puts into training um, and practicing freeze uh, look she's a teacher as well so she does have the time but she uses her time very very well and um, so consistent um, and when the pressure comes on she you know she she's always always good for Cork Oh yeah, look at those 10 iconic sporting moments of the 2010s. Ora Cotter's free to win the AC All-Ireland is definitely up there in that conversation. Aoife Murray and Orla Cotter, the players you played with, the best camogie player you played against and why? I'm going to go with Eamon McDonnell. Um, so I would have marked Eamon in the 2005 All-Ireland final with Tipper- when she was playing with Tipperary. Um, and again, it, it would have been a game I learned an awful lot from. Just in ter- I would have played against her much later as well in, in terms of club, I think, in 2016. And she was still going strong at that point. Um, she had phenomenal pace, but her skill level set her apart, as well as her desire to score goals. She was a player that always went for a goal first. If it wasn't on, she would take her point. But um, like that nation of speed and incredible skill level and a desire to go for a goal made her a lethal inside forward. Oh, she was a great player with Tipperary. And actually, I read another interview you done before. You mentioned her, so I deliberately didn't put her down in my notes uh, to see would you bring her up. So I'm not one bit surprised that Ema McDonald gets in there as well. Rina, we nearly finished your Super 8. Um, we'll finish off the Camogie first before we do a recap. So we have Viva Murray, Orla Cotter and Ema McDonald. Let's wrap it up. The second Camogie player you played against and why? I'm going to go with Mary Lacey. So I'm kind of cheating a little bit here. Um, so I would have played against her when I was playing with Carf. I would have played with her when I was with UCD. Um, and again, from having that insight of playing with her, you know, she was an exceptional player. Um, I would have played against her when she played with Olert as well. And, you know, she's been a huge player for Olert, a huge player for Wexford. When Mary's playing well, just the ball she delivers into the forwards is, is exceptional. She's such a physical presence on the field. There's no getting past her around her. And it's her reading of the game probably that sets her apart. She's excellent to read the game. So between, you know, her physicality, the way she can read the read the game and her delivery of ball into the forward lane. She's been an excellent player for Wexford, UCD and for Olart down through the years. I think my own feeling with Mary Lacey is that if I had a choice to pick off the top of my head now between Mary Lacey, Trace Maher and Dalton and Gemma O'Connor, I'd find a spot in the team for all four of them, but Mary probably would still get the number six jersey. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> Rena, again, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you here today and catching up and uh, going through so many highlights of your career as well. Uh, and what are the eight names you've picked here in your Super 8? I'm going to run through them one last time, starting with football. Breach Corkery from Cork, Valerie Mulcahy from Cork, Cora Staunton from Mayo and Lindsay Davey from Dublin. And your Camogie Fantastic Four, Aoife Murray from Cork, Orla Cotter from Cork, Emer McDonald from Tipperary and Mary Lacey from Wexford. An absolute thrill to do this show with you, Rena, and hopefully we talk again in the near future. But I'm Darren Kelly. This was The Fair Green. I'd like to thank my very special guest one last time, Rena Buckley from Cork. Thanks very much, Darren. Pleasure.